1: Hello, I'm John Holmes, it's The The One Show Show, and this is part two of this week's The The One Show Show. Working our way through the BBC's flagship early evening magazine programme, like a weevil going through the old packet of flour in your cupboard. The regular The The One Show Show, regular Mark Haynes, and the bloke from behind the desk on the Mash report that isn't
2: Nish Kumar, Stephen Allen. The other thing that amazed me, Alex Jones had heard of Private Eye. They did in his did some reference to sort of going a bit like private eye and Alex was like absolutely <laughs> it's like Alex Imagine seeing Alex with a copy of Private Eye. Yeah. T-
3: Whoa! Do you think she knows it's the publication and not that song from the 80s, like Private Eyes Award? <laughs> oh, oh, I love, I love that. Thought.
2: You sang that! Yeah! yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't
1: know you sang that! Speaking of things people didn't know, so there was an episode all about Game of Thrones. Oh, this was Thursday, wasn't it, with Sue Perkins. Sue ah. Perkins. So there was, a, there was a discussion about the fact she's presenting a spin-off programme that analyses a programme, and uh, with no mention of this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: (laughs) 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 the fucking bastards.
1: We've asked Sue if she wants to come on this (laughs) and and she said... (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so, because uh, she said, no, I like, I like going on the one show too much. I, she, loves, she loves going on, to watch she she said, did, on the one show. She did, the that's from, true. She said that to my face. Yeah. Um, but she was doing Game of Thrones, sitting on a throne, the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones, which they'd replaced, put in the way of the green sofa. So she sat on that <laughs> for most of the programme. That was <laughs>
3: strange. That meant that their fun little Facebook, WhatsApp, tweet-in, whatever it is that they do, was, what's your favourite seat? Oh, God. How Good. many oh, toilets God. do you think they had to? Oh, God.
1: Yeah, uh, well, we got a call out, uh, and Matt was. Yeah, what's your favourite seat? seat? What are you? What's your? What seat's yours? Look, I'm thinking all these people in wheelchairs will be sending pictures in. <laughs> I don't.
3: I don't. I don't picture someone's ace.
2: I, I'm not. I'm not the most interesting guy, right? I'm boring. <laughs> I disagree. I don't have. A favourite seat. I okay? I certainly wouldn't photograph it and send it in thinking, well, the rest of the nation will be absolutely transfixed with this. It's so depressing when the call-outs are of that level. Absolutely appalling. Don't you think- <laughs> <Then>
1: <laughs> Alex sort of <laughs> insulted all of the viewers of the launch. Oh, yes. So she said she because she said something like, Well, don't send us your pick there. They're probably all sitting there on their
3: dirty recliners.
1: Oh. <laughs> To stop, stop there, don't do that. And yeah. there, was a, there was a bit of a to-do, wasn't it yeah. in the studio
3: about it? it? it. It's like the real-life version of, I don't remember which episode of uh, the Alan Partridge thing, where he, he gets the tweet in saying, nice shoes, and he goes, well, these are Italian ones, but what you're probably after is uh, plastic loafers, you can get them in any shop. <laughs> but, but that was meant to be a joke, whereas Alex goes, yeah, you probably sat there on a dirty recliner. <laughs> dirty
2: recliner! <laughs> <Yeah>. So specific!
1: <laughs> really
3: odd! That vision yeah. of what, that's weird. That's how she imagines the audience as well, that's what I like to think about. Man, yeah. She Presumes they're sat there. Although, to be fair, one of the pictures, and they only, you know, you spent all this time setting up this interactive piece, and there's just three pictures. And one of them was some guy who was paying no attention, sat on a blanket, which is odd. You know, <laughs> why, why do you have to put additional padding and absorbency down? No one answered that question. And indeed but that was a dirty sofa. Mm. with a blanket on it, not a dirty recliner. So, Alex, you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There was a call-out, I think it was on Wednesday, when they did
2: the BBC2, there's a sort of journey round the world challenge going on. And the call-out on that was, boiled down, it was, send us your holiday snaps. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is so wide. So wide. Did they get any in? Yeah, there was, you know... People have been to Sri Lanka and taken the photograph of an elephant on a on yeah. a truck because ha ha they do it differently to us, don't they? The foreigners, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'd never stick an elephant on a truck. We'd have it all sealed off. But there, the elephant was open to the elements. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: elephant wasn't in the room, but it was in so in the photograph. They
2: had someone holding their own partner on a sort of like perspective thing on some salt flats as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. which was. Again, if you saw In Someone's House, you'd think a little bit less of them. (laughs) (laughs) They sent it into telly.
1: The thing that united all of these shows this week, of course, was the... I don't think we've seen this before, where a film where each night is left on a slight cliffhanger. I mean, let me give you an
2: example of... The- oh, you say slight. I mean, I mean the it's cliff- the slightest of slights. I
1: mean, the cliffhanger was um, was spectacular. Uh, this was a woman who was uh, setting up her own Subway franchise, mm. right? But they thought this warranted a four-part
2: film. This is a questionable decision as to why, seeing the inside workings and management of how to set up a Subway concession in Nottingham... Yeah. How that is educating, informing, and all the rest of it—the <laughs> other, other values, Yeah, <laughs> what this seemed like was—it seemed like a in-house corporate
3: video that you'd watch at Subway if you were opening yeah. up your own yeah. franchise. Cause- I was going to say, it effectively poses the question: Have you ever wondered how they set up a franchise in Subway? And the answer is no. <laughs> I, no one, even people who set up a Subway franchise, have never really thought about that side of it. I would have guessed you just pay them some money and they kind of sort stuff out. Yeah, and I would have been right. Absolutely. This this is one of those things where if I was interested in this, it
2: would be because I was doing this. Yeah, I'm never going to be interested in paying 180 grand or whatever it is or however much to make some sandwiches. That's not for me. I don't want. <laughs> To see the equivalent of twenty minutes of it on television. It must have been exciting because
1: Alex ran out of breath trying to introduce oh, the yes. whole thing. She, she just forgot how to speak.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was it was great because everyone's you know, this is this is we're all worried because she's pregnant, so yeah. you've got to be very careful. Mm. I, but I didn't realise that lack of breath is a problem with pregnancy. Or <laughs> well, rather, it's forgetting to breathe in yeah. midway to, <laughs> I don't
0: I get to the end of it. Four nights, we'll be following the ups and downs of Karima Musa as she takes on a huge career challenge buying into one of the most recognizable takeaway food businesses. You're I'm right? after right? breath, You're sorry, right? on the high street. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> well, the,
1: the cliffhanger that I mentioned, I have found mm. it now, was at the end of this film. So there was a touching moment when I was going, oh, this is shit. And then they sort of got me because they went, oh, she's doing it because her husband died, um, yeah. you know, of a heart attack. And they've always wanted to set up a franchise, so she's kind of doing it for him. So there was a kind of element, you know, you can you imagine the production meeting going, yes, this is gold. She's crying
0: on camera. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that did, stuff. Did we
3: not notice the fact that? I, I either mentioned that they'd always been interested in Subway or they ran a Subway together and then she wanted to do one alone. And then they mentioned that he died because of a heart condition yeah and
2: well this is exactly exactly the thing that nobody nobody was there to say there has been criticism of subway in the past because this that the other but it was was an advert
1: for subway it was just the whole thing karima musa
0: is in the process of becoming a franchise owner having completed her training courses it's only a matter of weeks until she takes control of her very own subway store
1: the cliffhanger, by the way, uh, was, this was after the first film, was it, on Monday? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is why I couldn't wait for Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, was, next time, Karina gets the keys to her empty unit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, ne- the one on Wednesday was, next time, will the doors be opening? And it cut to the subway manager person who'd been guiding her through going, um, I'm going to have to make a call.
0: Because <laughs> the oh, doors, doors were bolting!
3: They right. were stuck open. Because yeah. you've got these open doors. Will the doors open? They're already open. <laughs> yeah. The one thing you don't have to worry about is if they're going to be open or not. One, one of the little plot twists as well, there was a bit that said, uh, things took a turn for the worse. Oh, God, I wrote this down. <laughs> 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 could you do the accents better and worth
2: saying as well this voiceover is someone I've never heard on the one show before so whether they're working for subway main offices I yeah. don't know I've never heard this person things take a turn for the worse uh, we've had an issue with the insulation of the drinks cabinet so I've had to send that back she, said. <laughs> she, had, she had a bit of a cold as well which she I thought did was, oh. she, has, she didn't have one thing that was big enough but she brought five things <laughs> yeah. none of which were big enough even when combined <laughs>
0: But then things take a turn for the worse. So I'm feeling quite tired and run
3: down and full of cold. It's been quite hectic this last few weeks. We have had some issues. Um, I still don't have a credit card machine.
0: We don't have internet. We've had some issue with the installation of the drinks cabinet, so that has been sent back. To top it off, we've had a leak in the store. I'm trying to keep calm. With her landlord now investigating the leak, all Karima can do is wait. <laughs> they were desperate
1: to have something go wrong to make it. The bit when the doors weren't working uh, on, this was Thursday, mm. uh, and, and she they interviewed her. And in the background, she was standing in the Being Built franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And in the background, three or four men in high vis jackets. One was up a step ladder fiddling with some wiring at the top of these automatic doors. The others were just standing there staring <laughs> up at him, right? And, and she was going, well, you know, the doors don't work. Four. Got four fifteen-hour days. They've worked those men to try and fix the four four men for four days for fifteen-hour days, trying to fix a fucking door.
2: They've got it stitched up, haven't they? Those those guys know what know the score. Very clever. Very clever. She fell for the old "can't fix the door in four days." (laughs) Ploy. We've been working flat out.
1: And then they cut back a bit later when it was about to open. And this was the bit where they were saying, we don't know whether to leave the doors open. It's cold outside. Do <laughs> we leave the doors open? They leave s- them shut. Still Which leave. means no one gets in. I don't know. Take a pic. <laughs> <laughs> and then she started talking about her husband again and getting a bit teary. right? Mm. But during that, during her speech, just just going, well, you know, I think my husband would be very pleased with how it's gone. They just cut away to these blokes just...
2: Fixing the doors. <laughs> the pictures didn't match the words at all. <laughs> w- worth saying, if you watched as I did, all of them pretty much in succession. There was one part on Tuesday where they showed her meeting people who were p- applying for oh, the jobs so oh, yeah. of oh, yeah. sandwich artists. Now they used the phrase <laughs> they used the phrase sandwich artists on the same show that they had a video about Vincent van Gogh on it, and nobody stood up and went, "Maybe we shouldn't have the fucking word artist when it's someone slopping." The meatball sub together. Hey, people of Reading, can you (laughs) paint (laughs) sunflowers? We can't even make fucking subway.
0: I've just popped into one of the training sessions where my sandwich
3: artist team are completing a custom services course. They seem to be getting on really well. It's only their second day, but they're asking lots of questions. And um, seemed very enthusiastic, so so far so good
2: um, they interviewed these these four people, and they showed the interview process, and they showed the woman who I think was called Musa. she was finding it difficult to do the interviewing, she was a bit sort of unsure what to ask, and they showed each of these four people coming in and just doing a line. And they then said, well, we won't reveal who it is, but we'll have a look at how they did. And they had four CVs on the table. And she sort—I of thought those two were good. Those two not so good. Yeah. No, don't like them. Yeah. So two of those people were sort of watching this and going, oh, well, that's the feedback that I got. I've seen it on the one show. I thought that was a bit off. But the following day, they showed you the subway working. So you saw the two people who got through. Yeah, yeah. So the guy who was a builder, who they featured on that, he didn't get the job. And then they were like, oh, yeah, no, he's not very good. Yeah. And I really thought, that is fucking questionable yeah, as to whether so. that I should thought, have gone out. I thought so. I thought it was really creepy. Thank
0: Thank you. You. With the interviews over, it's time to discuss which candidates, if any, have made the cut.
3: Uh, maybe? I'm not sure about. These two, yeah. at all, absolutely,
0: hundred oh, percent. That's exactly right? okay. what I write. Okay. I think,
3: out of them, these two would be my preference
2: if you went for a job at Subway it's not like you're going for a high flying position where you're going oh well another one will come along and you know who, I just didn't have the right skills it's such a sort of humiliating thing to be shown on television yeah, yeah, yeah. with someone just going he's not actually ready to make me a tuna Nissoise baguette yeah. and I thought that was really I shit I completely agree with you yeah and by the way
1: just a caveat when Mark said they came in and did a line not in the Angus Dayton sense
2: just, <laughs> who
1: sold that again yes, <laughs> sold it to but no I thought you were I thought you are right and, and then so that well, Phil I think it was done like four, six months ago, they said, because they came back and had the the woman in the studio saying, well, that was filmed a while ago. How's it going? Mm. You know, and she didn't seem, I just got from her demeanour that it probably wasn't going as well as they'd hoped. No. Um, But she said something very interesting. So she said, and this comes back to what you were saying, she said, well, you know, it's it's, it's okay um, because I've got a great team behind me now. Implying oh. that she'd fired all of the people oh. from the film. Well, You know, from that interview
3: stage, I, I wasn't clever enough to do the maths and work out who was there. I didn't follow it through like that. But I did love the bit where she said to one of them, uh, what would you say your strengths and weaknesses are? And the interviewee retorted, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> no. That includes strengths, you idiot. But in the first interview of the day, it seems that Karima is just as nervous
0: as the candidate. And what would you say your strengths and weaknesses are? I don't think I've got (laughs) any. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to add, do down anyone who is working at Subway, but if you're having a, a, an interview about working at Subway and someone's going, so tell me about your strengths and weaknesses. Mate, I'm making fucking sandwiches, right? This is this is not brain surgery, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I'm clean enough, let me at it. And I I'm find l- that I'm gluten
3: true. tolerant. That's <laughs> yeah. true.
2: That making you jump through the hoops. And so where do you see yourself in five years' time? Oh. i tell you where I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be in fucking <laughs> Subway. You know, I, I, I hated it. I hated it the yeah. way that we were all, this is being geared rather than as an entry-level job, this is people who are taking this as a main source of, of income, and there is no criticism of it, and there's no sense that this we could do better than this, and I and I hated it, I hated it, I really, it, <laughs> I, I thought it had no place on being on this show, it wasn't entertaining, it was no, limited but... informative, but if you were keen on opening up a Subway franchise, I, I have no idea why it was there.
1: No, but it, uh... And with all that in mind, and you're absolutely right, it was an advert for Subway. Yeah. I mean, just Subway this, Subway that. Yeah. Subway logo, Subway sandwich, yeah. Subway, Subway... Subway. Yeah, what? Where's yeah. the balance Wonderful here? Wonderful design. Let's
2: have the Ottomans. Those are beautiful chairs. This is going to be so nice. Yeah. Stick your sub up your ass. <laughs>
1: There's my counterpoint. <laughs> not, not in the interview, you won't get the job.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my strengths. I am... <laughs> God, that's a foot long.
2: I am tempted to dedicate the next five years of my life to just applying for jobs at a low level in Subway just so I can get to that interview and continually ruin it. So when they say, what are your strengths and weaknesses, just going, "Ah!" and leaving. And I'm going to do that for five years. I'm going to be with
1: you. And as we go out of the door, I'm going to wipe my own shit on the light
3: switch. You heard a great big owl? Yes, they make this podcast. Yeah, but not just this podcast. You're shitting me. Name some others. Well, there's Trolled.
0: We had Luciana
3: Berger and Gary Lineker coming on. Oh, yeah, and there's Crime Club. Did you get done for that?
2: Yeah. There's The Fear.
3: It's a kid's show. They're really, really scared me. There's Always
2: There.
1: Thanks very much, because I would never have gone oh. down Howard's Way had oh. you not asked
3: me. There's Friends With Friends.
2: Shoving a funnel in Joey's mouth and Rachel pours fat
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: down. And there's Ask the poops. Kids ask us the questions they want answered. That's for kids we shouldn't have sworn earlier. Bollocks. Quick, play the sting. Great Big Owl. Planning for your next trip?
1: Post your free job on
0: linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. What
1: I did like on Thursdays was quite a good film about retro public safety information films.
2: Oh,
3: love that one, yes. It was good, wasn't it? Not enough featuring of Charlie Says, because that was the one that got to me as a child, yeah. but the, whoever the guy is who hosts that, you know, the guy who's slowly turning into Jim Bowen, whatever, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the guy who hosts this feature. I loved it, it was uh, terrifying. But I also like the fact that there was a bit, I wrote down the quote where it was something like, kids don't go out these uh, as much these days, would they be as good at staying safe as we were in the 70s? And you think, wait a minute, 70s, wait. <laughs> (laughs) Wait a minute. There were no public information films about certain radio presenters and that's what was needed. No, it was was called Top of the Pops, we just didn't say no. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Did you watch old Top of the Pops? Well, there (laughs)
1: technically was every (laughs) Thursday night. There was a warning film. film. (laughs) We just tended
2: not... We forget that there was a a minute-long bit before every Top of the Pops until 1989 where a man appears on the screen and says, what are you about to see? (laughs) 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 Children, you must remember. Remember the faces, remember the way they move.
1: <laughs> uh, but then, but there was something they went to where children are taught the dangers of everyday life, mm-hmm. not through public information films, but something called Hazard Alley. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't aware of this, so it's like it's like Harry Potter world, but with things that can kill you. <laughs> so kids, they showed some bits of it, and like there's a, it's like a shit Universal Studios <laughs> just okay. in a cupboard where, at, at one point, there's a, there's a lake with a, a sort of plastic model of a child drowning in it but coming in and out of the water. And the next one, there's a mock-up of a kitchen that's just overloaded with plug sockets. And children are taught danger from this. And if you just go for a day out at Hazard Alley, really? I mean, oh, you, could, you could
2: just go to any regional fun fair for the
0: same experience. <laughs> I mean,
2: that's, oh, it mate. was such
1: a strange thing. I
2: saw, I saw a couple of banging uh, little uh, clips, little uh, films this, this week. There was one Matt Allwright did called The Last Laugh that was about a joke shop. So sad. It was. It shut down after 96 years. Uh, It was called You Need Us. Um, (laughs) The great irony. (laughs) Ironically. Um, There was this queue round the block for people on the last day who are stocking up on uh, itching powder, racist-like Arab stick-on beards, (laughs) and artificial vomit.
1: Earliest memories were I had my first attention from buying some fake
3: thick from here. My brother used to buy itching powder and put it on the toilet seat.
1: Itching powder, they, they've, run, here? Well, they've run out. I am 92. Yeah. Right. And were you coming in here as a as a very young boy? Well,
2: yes, yeah. yeah. I can remember coming in and buying stink bombs and things like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they were talking about the record sales they'd had. They showed a load of this stuff, like artificial cat shit, and I just thought, <laughs> if you were, like, working in a factory in China, you, are, you see artificial cat shit in a lot of shops, and there are people who have just spent their life just going, these people in Britain, w- as much artificial cat shit as we can produce, they will buy. And they go, what do they use it for? And they go, they just leave it round. I don't know. <laughs> and you go, well, why would they need it? And everything you could see in that shop, plastic vomit, someone has to make that. Yeah. And they, they sit there make it, churning out, putting boxes. They must think British people are absolutely bizarre.
1: Well, you'd have to watch the one show to realise that, because normally <laughs> they don't
2: stick cameras in their
1: faces in Reading High Street. Yeah.
2: They, t- they talked about, Um, someone said, you know, this is a business that I'd really integrity you've got a small little business like this which we haze with such wonderful integrity over the years and provide a valuable person-to-person service you're not going to get that online i mean they sold stink bombs that i wouldn't say it was (laughs) the greatest of integrity (laughs) the fake axe wounds Things like that, and this was the one one video where they showed everything they showed. It's the one time they didn't make any mention about single-use fucking plastic, because (laughs) the whole shop was full of it. Wow, well, it's closed down now. It's all been dumped in a river in Sheffield,
1: (laughs) (laughs) along with that perv's computer from last week.
3: (laughs) It makes you appreciate Paddy McGuinness's dad's effort. He used real. He made his own shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's organic. It's locally sourced. Not that plastic lark. There
1: was a very weird. The back of that, have I got news for you? Uh, Let's make it even more uncomfortable for Hislop and Merton as we possibly can. Mm. Film. There was a parlour game they invented in the studio. This is
2: appalling. They were (laughs) talking about the magazine round. So you'd have Teddy Bear World, and it would be where the headlines from. They slip it into the headline round. So they had a
1: Teddy Bear magazine. Publication. uh, uh, There you go. again, I don't know the name of rounds, (laughs) even though they use the. Anyway, they had haunted. Britain magazine or something. Yeah. Teddy Bear World and something to be window cleaner Monthly. And they had three people there and Hissop and Merton were given the task of guessing which one of the people was the editor of which magazine. Mm. Right? And it was a feature that, that was so shit and pointless that even Matt Baker cut it short, Yeah, didn't he? He had to come in and just stop it happening.
3: Let me yeah. introduce <laughs> you both to Paul, Jill and Lee.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Right.
3: Now, um, the three of them have edited specific publications mm. that are featured, OK? Oh, but your job is to guess who edits which
0: magazine. Okay. That's going to give you a rundown yeah. now. So, of so first of all, options. we have
3: got the editor of a magazine which featured twice, actually, 1995 mm. and 2013. He's Ray.
2: Mm-hmm. When you've got people like Merton and his on. one, you don't need to put the things in to fill the time because they'll talk. Do you know what they never did? They never at any point said who was for you the best guest you had on. Such a root one question. Mm. It wasn't there at all. This game, made, you know, <laughs> let's get Ian Hislop in. It's the first time they've ever appeared in a show. Now here's three people, and we want you to start guessing. Essentially, play Guess What's My Line.
3: Yeah. Oh, it was appalling. It was so bad. Such bad judgment. What I liked about it is the big reveal where they got one right, but two wrong. And you had that moment of, yeah, I don't, don't care. <laughs> Nobody cared. Yeah. Yes. Not even the people whose job, by the looks on their faces, the ones who were guessed incorrectly were like, yeah, I suppose I could have edited one about teddy bears, but <laughs> I'm more into windows.
2: There so. was a perfect example where where I think um, Hislop sort of said, what's the name of the teddy bear in Brideshead Revisited? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to try and rumble it out. And the guy from Haunted said Sebastian, which was wrong. And the woman from the teddy bear, she had a guess at, like, you know, Basil or something. <laughs> and it was this thing about going, we're asking questions. No-one's an expert. Even the experts aren't experts. Yeah. What are we doing here?
1: And that question, um, what, what in the last 15 years, what's the biggest innovation in window cleaning, just to try and root out the editor? And the woman just went, the long pole? And, his, and they went, what's it called? She went... Long pole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look, she she's not the editor of Snappy Comeback Weekly, right? <laughs> she was doing something about teddy bears. She should be used to padding. There was a yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just skirting over that. Best joke of the series. <laughs> there, was, there was a
1: thing about a, a rude joke I didn't understand, where they showed a picture, an April Fool's, back to the April Fool's episode, they showed Paddy McGuinness and Charles Brandeth, who was on the sofa by this time, a picture of a, of a pink avocado that, at some supermarket, I think, or something had they said they'd done as an April Fool joke. And then Paddy McGuinness said something. Someone else said, don't go there. Right, and and I don't know, I mean, it looked a bit rude, but I I wasn't quite aware... Um, Sainsbury
3: said, right, they were launching the first pink avocado and they'd worked... Look at it! It looks (laughs)
2: strangely very enticing.
3: Very appetising.
2: I'm not sure about that,
1: I'm being honest. (laughs)
3: Don't go there,
1: do not go there. Get him restrained over there. awesome man. (laughs) They all really laughed at it, but I either missed it or didn't see what was... It looked like a fanny, right? Fine, right, fine, that's what they were getting at. But it didn't... I didn't know what the joke was, but they were all really laughing, and I'm sort of going, uh, I, I missed another joke.
2: How many
3: fannies have got a big stone in the middle? Of
2: <laughs>
1: some of the people are, was I, was, I, was looking, I was
2: trying to looking, looking at the wrong half. I, I, I was the, desperately trying to think of the name of Bill Wyman's wife there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, man, uh, awful. Yeah. And awful. But Matt uh, then
1: saved us from the filthy joke by just sort of, sort of saying, hey, did anyone see Bernie the Sniffer?
2: Oh my God! What's going on? It what's was that?
1: a police sniffer rabbit <laughs> being in the news. <laughs> Not real. April Fools' right. Did anybody see
2: Bernie the sniffer?
3: Bernie the sniffer.
2: Who?
1: What, um, what, what is this, this show? Is, what's this happening with
3: this show? Like? has become a this is a constable. massive
2: April Fools' prank on
1: me. Oh. There was a UFO story from Giles Brandreth about April Fool's journey. He said, oh, I, w- I once saw a UFO land next to the M25. In 1989, I was on the M25 and I saw a spaceship. Well, a UFO landing. Yeah. It, it looked like a spaceship. It was dusk. I thought, my goodness. And, and other, I wasn't alone. Look, there's, there's footage of it. 1989. And it, like, this wasn't the 1st of April. And then they cut to some footage of a UFO landing next to the M25. And then... He, a big reveal came from Charles Brandt saying, No, it, it turned out not to be. It was an April Fool's joke from Richard Branson, who was trying to land it in Hyde Park some years ago, but it went off course and landed by the M25. But I happened to see it. However, it was all ruined because on the footage, as ever, they credited. Yes. <laughs> so it looked like a UFO landing. You go, oh, All right, some footage of a UFO. Clearly not, but you know, mm. that was the point. It just said. Courtesy of Richard Branson on the bottom of it. Uh, That's just a balloon, then.
2: Uh, so the,
1: the whole thing was kind of undermined by their own.
2: Uh, is,
3: uh, I mean, is April Fool's the, the single worst day of the year? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. The, so one of the jobs that I do is trying to like write jokes about the news and stuff. I'm not sure that'll catch on. <laughs> <lovely>.
2: <laughs> you should move but, to Reading. But,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I take April the first off. I don't because I don't trust myself to not fall for this. Because you always look for the weirder stories, which just means you've just ruined a day's worth of news. Because yeah. as a newspaper, I think you're hilarious because everyone. Wants to try and do the spaghetti type thing. Yeah. But it's all pointless. It's all sniffer rabbits. Yeah. But then I can't trust any a news story for an entire day just because some people think it's funny, I think be funny for the rest of the year. There is nothing funny about cling film on a toilet making people wee on their own <laughs> shoes. I just say that as a
2: try uh, telling that to Paddy
0: his a, dad. He'll love <laughs> that stuff. I love that. If, if, there's any way,
3: if
2: there's any way, you could get the urine into their bloodstream, <laughs> then I'm very interested. <laughs> I like it, but it needs a
3: blow dart.
1: <laughs> Phil, the cameraman, got a, a little uh, his own slot as well. Did you, did you see that? No. So um, we've, you know, sometimes crew members of the one show get a little moment. And as we said, well, we keep a list. They'll be up again. Against the wall, come the revolution. Um, But Phil, the cameraman, turned out was also a cameraman on Top Gear, which Paddy McGuinness is now presenting. So he gave a shout out to Phil, and then another camera to pick up Phil filming Paddy McGuinness. So Phil got a whole set, whole bit to himself.
3: All about Phil,
2: the cameraman, for just doing his job. Just doing his job, mate. Did it
3: feel to you that uh, Paddy was not interested in being on Top Gear? It's like he forgot to even bring it up. They mentioned it. It was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing uh, Top Gear. I think even he's at that stage of, oh, they still making that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's in it.
1: <laughs> uh, very finally, because we must draw this to a close, uh, any other business, anything we've missed, Mm. anybody wants
3: can, to bring to the table. A couple of things from my copious notes. The uh, VT thing they did about trying to track down the relatives of people who were in care. A hundred years, because of the hundred year anniversary, they going to track down the relatives. Just had a moment of thinking, probably should have tried that as soon as they moved in. <laughs> 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 Would have been a good move. Yeah, Brian May was in on Wednesday. And it's uh, it sort of a companion piece to Anita Dobson,
2: who was on a, maybe last week, two weeks ago. Did Matt talk about noodling again? No, he no. didn't. No, he was a bit frightened to do that in front of Brian. I think who was the most nervous man? And you've ever met in your life and what they had done is they've learned their lesson not to ask what was in that Oscar bag because that was not asked one of the things they did do though was they did say uh, Brian you were an exec producer on um, the Queen movie weren't you William yeah. Rhapsody and he said oh, yes yes yes, I was like that and they went that deserves a round of applause <laughs> and I thought oh that was Aria Duba I thought Aria Duba does not know what an exec producer does because they do, don't deserve anything they no. do nothing they turn up they get paid occasionally they stick their oar in they're useless and underprepared <laughs> Don't applaud him for being an exec producer. Applaud him for being Brian May. <laughs> yeah. They also played his new uh, single, which was called New Horizons. And the video was like something you would have seen in the 80s if you got on quite oh. a cheap aeroplane. And it was going, look how futuristic we are. The plane's flying around the moon. It was like that. It wow. was. There is something about Brian May when he comes on. And I, and I really like him. I think he seems like the nicest guy in the world. But when he kind of goes, I've got my new uh, single, you know, it's going to be, I always sort of go, oh, Brian, please don't hope too much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it breaks my heart It's not even going to be up there with Everything I do is driven by you <laughs> no, And that. that's not that up there, um, there was a, So it's he, called New Horizons And he said, because he wanted to write a song Or they wanted him to write a song about Ultima Thule Actually Alan Stern, who's the, the big boss man Of this NASA mission Said, can you write us a song? And I said, what is, what is it about? He said, Ultima Thule I said, what the
2: hell rhymes with Ultima Thule?
3: <laughs> Thinking, <laughs> I can't do this He said, what rhymes with that? So straight away, I was like, (laughs) Michael Bublé, (laughs) Raspberry (laughs) Kool-Aid, Stacey Dooley... (laughs) la <laughs> poule. You could have made a song out of
2: that, definitely. I mean, it's, it's worth saying, he mainly does the music, doesn't he? He's not the great lyricist <laughs> that we all hope. One bit I loved in that they had a little um, film about the British who worked on uh, the space race yep. in uh, America. And there was a guy called Keith. It was presented by Carol Vorderman, because she's the face of all science. And uh, a guy called Keith, who'd worked as an engineer in Cape Canaveral, uh, they actually said uh, he decided to move to 1960s America, um, which <laughs> is you can't move through time he moved to america <laughs> in the 60s but he was saying he'd, he'd signed his name on part of the equipment that they took up and placed on the surface of the moon and he'd signed his name with some of the other engineers and underneath he'd drawn a union flag and he sort of said and so you know the union jack was up on the on the moon and carrie uh, who was i think talking to her, who was it no it was carol vorderman she said was it did it beat the u.s flag and he went no you know very nice sort mm. of decent man and i was thinking if he was truly British, because he's obviously got this American sort of knocked off the edge. If he was truly British, he would have drawn a big pair of tits <laughs> and had a better story.
1: And at that point, I think I need to thank you both. No, thank you. you. know, because, I'm, I mean, Speaking I wasn't calling you a, of, a tits, pair of tits. Yeah, tits, and yeah there, no, no, you. Oh, there you no, go. Great, do, yeah. do it yourself. That's it. We will be back next week. Please do rate, review and tell your friends about this podcast and share it on social media like a modern person. On Twitter, we're simply at The One Show Show because there weren't enough available characters to get the second the in. But whatever you do, remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye. (laughs)
3: Great Big Owl. What? Great Big Owl. Stop saying that. What about Great Big Owl? It's a family of podcasts. Ooh. Who's in this family? Well, there's Rule of Three. That's us. <laughs> there's Brian and Roger. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. There's the The One Show Show. That's there's nowhere well, else nice. you would
1: find a, a four- or five-minute film about pine martins... Yes. ...without a sight of one pine martin at all in the film. There's Barry and Angelos. Uh, oh, course. Gooch, gooch, and Yeah. Remember that lovely one?
3: And there's Smursh Pod. Could you eat first? I think we know. <sighs> well, I know. I don't know if I'd want to eat Lazenby. Basically, look for Great Big Owl on your pod, what's it? Good idea. Have we got a sting? Owls don't sting. Great.